everyone. Welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. Can consistency help you navigate change? That's the question that we're going to answer today. My name is Angie Miller. I'm your host, and this is Strong Mind, Strong Body. My guest today is April Chavez. She is the host of the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I was actually on April's podcast just recently, and we talked about a similar topic. But today, again, we're going to talk about consistency and how it can help us navigate change. Because to me, consistency is a key driver to success. It's important when we're navigating change because it keeps us on track. It helps us build self-trust. And when we trust ourselves, we build confidence. And that's the kind of confidence that we need to move forward, even in the midst of hardship. So April's going to share some of her situations and experiences with consistency and how it's helped her navigate change, and also some of the experiences that she's heard from some of her guests. So she's going to share a little bit about her journey, and hopefully we'll hear a little bit about yours. So April, come on in and introduce yourself. Hey. Hi, Angie. It's a pleasure to see you again, to be on your show, to share some fun experiences and insight for the audience. And so really uh, starting with me a little bit about myself, I think the meat and potatoes of it is I have had an autoimmune disease um, symptoms since birth and I was diagnosed at 15 years old. So I have really lived with this disease. And I think that because I was I diagnosed at a young age, it really made me want to not let the disease define me. And so I lived my life a little differently, was always searching for things to better myself, to heal myself, especially outside of conventional medicine, because I wasn't always getting the answers. You know, it took a long time to be diagnosed. Yeah. Well, and it's true. And when you're diagnosed at a young age, you have that resilience too of being young and saying, Hey, wait a minute, I don't want anything to hold me back. So I think that your path has always been what else is out there besides traditional medicine, using traditional medicine and the science behind it, but also what else can I implement in my life to help me navigate these difficult circumstances? So April, something about you that I find interesting is you have this show now, but you also used to be a police officer. Is that correct? That's correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Angie, I really... There was a lot of reasons that I went into law enforcement, you know, not only because when people go into that field, it's oftentimes they, they really want to make the most impact that they can in their community for others or something throughout their history really triggered them to want to be able to save others and to help others in some sort of regard. I was a child um, during the Columbine High School shootings. It wasn't my high school, but it was my neighboring. I was supposed to go to that high school. So I knew a lot of people. It was definitely during my era. So that was something that I grew up with and wanting to be able to not ever let that happen again. I also had a good friend that was robbed in downtown Denver. She was shot. She's fine. She's okay. But that was another experience. But mostly, Angie, it was because I wanted to show up in the biggest capacity that I could to really show the world and myself that my disease didn't define me. And so I went into these male dominant, uh, more challenging fields because the 
uh, the army wouldn't take me. They had access to health records. And for whatever reason, law enforcement didn't go there. Uh, they asked for a lot. They want to know everything. They turn over every rock, but they didn't, uh, they allowed me to enter into the field regardless of my health history. So I was able to prove myself otherwise. And that was really um, access for me to be able to enter into a field like that. Yeah. Well, and I hear a couple of things. I hear that you had these formative experiences with the Columbine shooting and with your friend. And I am really glad that your friend is okay. And you also had this experience of, I want to prove that my disease doesn't define me, that it's part of who I am, but it's not going to keep me from doing what I want to do. It's almost like you needed to prove yourself to yourself. How long were you in law enforcement? I wasn't in law enforcement very long. However, I, I I like to say that I was really engulfed in the field and the learning of it for probably 13 years. And so, but through that experience, yeah, absolutely. I, I showed up in such a way that it definitely showed me that I am more powerful than I think that just because I'm, I have this setback or what some would call a setback in a disease, I still was able to push through it. And so when we talk about consistency as the topic today, it to me, if you look at the definition of consistency, it, it almost sounds like, like mediocre. You know, like, like you're just doing just the, the little bit that you need to do to, to keep moving but it doesn't really talk about overall improvement. And to me, consistency is really more about progress and making progress towards something. And really, if we wanna to come to be our happiest selves in life, that's, that's a lot of what it's about is continuous progress. And so to me, that's more of what consistency is. Yeah, it's one step at a time. So yeah. it's it's one step at a time. It's like you're climbing a stairwell and the one step leads to the next, which leads to the next. And that's what it is. It's forward movement. It's progress moving forward. And sometimes we have to stop and take a pause. And sometimes we go a step back. But for the most part, consistency says, if I really want to get to where I want to be, I'm going to have to get there day by day, moment by moment, being consistent in my efforts so that I don't get off track. And to what we're talking about, I do think that that's what's pivotal for change because when we're in difficult circumstances, I think every vessel of our body wants to shut down and say, I don't have the energy for exercise or I can't sleep because I'm too tired and my mind is go, or I'm too, my mind is going all the time, but I'm tired. And so we, we, it's almost like we get pulled not to be consistent, but we have to fight the good fight and stay consistent in order to keep climbing those steps. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that I've had so many times throughout life to where it has, is brought me down in a lot of different ways, emotionally, mentally, physically, all of the things. And if I didn't just put a step forward or get up. You know, I, I'd like to share, Rick Roll said, um, it's not about who goes the fastest, but it's about who slows down the least. And really it's just about doing your best, no matter what the circumstances are at the time. 
And so for instance, if I have a day to where it hurts so bad to move and I'm in a major flare up, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of different choices. And I think that that is really our greatest gift is the fact that we have choice. And, you know, we have choice to perceive something in, in any given way. We have choice to take that forward movement. I'll tell you a little story that I had. I was in a major flare up. It was difficult to move. It was difficult to breathe. Everything was awful for me. And I grew up in Colorado, so I was very used to the elements. I was um, oftentimes you'd find me outside every single day of the year, regardless, because you can bundle up. And I decided that I was going to go on a, a big trek. Now, now the snow was up to waist level. And even though I was in massive amount of pain and I was in this big flare up, I went out and I walked and I trekked through the snow and it was difficult. But I tell you what, Angie, when I got back, I wasn't in pain anymore. And I'm not going to say that that would work for everyone, but my point is, is I chose to, to do that for myself. I listened to my body and a lot of it too, is it's going to be different for everyone on what decisions they make and the choices that they make. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think choice has everything to do with consistency is yeah. it, being consistent doesn't necessarily mean doing the exact same thing day to day. It just means being consistent and being purpose-driven, being consistent and moving forward. And so maybe your choice would have been, gosh, I wish I could go on and take a 10 mile run, but you couldn't choose that. So you chose to do right. something that would still keep your body active. Yeah. April, I want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to April Chavez and my name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. We're talking about consistency and navigating change. And April, having struggled with this, this you know condition most of her life or her whole life, it's, it's about finding our way through difficulties and finding our way through choice. And again, maybe it's not going to be the choice we want, but it's still a choice that propels us forward. And, you know, in kind of also about that choices, to me, it's about anything that I can choose to do that keeps me from getting stuck, right? That, that keeps me from staying where I'm at today. So yeah. anything, any step that I can take is, is a choice forward. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're in, when we're in hell, we want to keep moving forward because we don't want to stay there. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we all get to that point. That is life. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I was thinking about Sylvester Stallone's movie Balboa. And he is having a discussion with his son. And for those of you who don't know about the movie and the series, Rocky, I invite you to do so because there's so much great information. But his son is upset about his dad going out to fight again. His dad's getting older. But not only that, he's upset because of how it affects him. And he thinks that it, it, you know, people judge him based on his father's actions. And so they have a discussion and he says, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how many times you get hit and that you keep moving forward. Hmm. Yeah. 
because it's sometimes it feels like everything is coming at you. And just when you think you can't take another thing, another thing comes at you. But do you have the ability to get back up and keep moving forward? And that's that yeah. whole resilience factor that happens when we're navigating changes. We have to have the tools, but we have to be resilient enough. And, right. uh, and I think I, I like that choice aspect the most because we have a choice on what we're going to do, but it has yeah. to be, it has to keep us kind of purpose driven. Yeah. You know, when you left law enforcement, um, first I'm curious, where did you go after law enforcement or what prompted that, that change? Yeah, well, there was, a, I wasn't in the right agency, so it wasn't a good fit. And so that really prompted the change initially. Plus, I was in the middle of a separation moving into a divorce. And so my life was changing in a lot of different avenues. And um, I, I was planning on going back into law enforcement. In fact, I had was planning on doing it many times. I went through to many different agencies, but I was really particular about the agency because of my experience previously. So there was a lot of research involved and a lot of pickiness involved with that. But really, I moved into a field that really moved my body, a couple of different fields. I was a single mother at the time of three daughters, and I ended up working two jobs. So I was busy, busy, busy. One of the jobs was working for Parks and Rec. So I was busy during the day, early mornings, and I was working the land and planting the trees and watering the flowers and doing all of the those those physical parts. And then towards the afternoon and e into the evening, I worked for FedEx and I was a swing driver um, later on. But I tell you what, Working for that job was the most difficult job I have ever done. Hands down beats law enforcement. I kid you not, because you're not only being, uh, you're, you're working physically, mentally, emotionally, you're timed, like all of the things. And it's this consistent <laughs> or consistent, right? Movement just all day long. Whereas in law enforcement, it was this ebb and flow. It was based on the call. And so you activate that uh, stress response, you know, based on the call, but it wasn't all the time like it was then. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, and sometimes I think I thought that same thing when we moved here, I had left my work at the university and I also left work in private practice. And I thought I would go back to both. I thought I would seek a university position. I thought I would go back into private practice and different things happen. And I ended up doing different things with my skills, but it's that whole thing of you chose different work but you were can still consistent in your mission, I hear, to use your body, to prove yeah. that your body wasn't going to hold you back from doing what you love, to mm. test your skills, to test your willpower, and to test your yeah. physical and emotional power of, again, this condition isn't going to define me. I'm going to yeah. define what I do with my life, right? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely was going into, again, those very physical male dominant fields, always trying to push myself, always trying to prove otherwise. And, you know, there was a lot of different things that went with that. There is a, it was a sense of identity crisis moving out of law enforcement where you're in this, this position of authority and you feel like you're on top of the world. 
And then you're, you're coming out of that. And that's a difficult transition. And you'll talk, you'll talk to uh, police, military, any first responder people that really are entering out of that field and the challenges that go with it. And so working for FedEx Express and working for, you know, other things, it was almost like I was kind of going into hiding. Um, and also really nurturing my body in that physical where I, I was so busy so constantly that I didn't have time to worry about how I felt necessarily. I mean, I did, but, but I always kept moving forward. And so that really helped me through some of uh, the difficult times, you know, I had, I had entered into a different career field. Uh, I had already gone through divorce. I had moved. I was a single parent of three daughters. So there was a lot of transition. Also taking care of my elderly grandmother, we decided not to put her into a home and uh, have her cared from somebody else. So there was a lot of moving parts in life. But I always like to say, Andy, that physical movement was and is one of the biggest key factors of wellness. But I do want to highlight that you're not always going to be able to be in that position, right? There are times where life brings you down so hard that you don't have the physical ability to get up and move, to get up and even walk. So really, it's doing your best with what you have given, given the circumstances each and every day. And yeah. so then you move into, okay, what are my thoughts doing? And right. how can I learn something different about myself to really go within instead of concentrate on the outer physical? Well, and you and I have had a lot of talks about that, April, about how when you do go through lots of different experiences in life and when you can't move your body the way you're used to, and you and I have talked about how our body has always kept our mind in motion in a good way, keeps our thoughts fluid. We don't get so stuck physically or emotionally, mm. but then when your body isn't as much of a tool because you're in a lot of pain or you're, you're recovering from an injury, it is, what is my mind doing now that my emotions are not in motion thanks to the movement. And, um, and so I'm curious about that. What, what have you found that helps you outside of your body that helps you maintain consistency and stay purpose driven? What kind of choices have you made that have nothing to do with physical fitness that have helped you maintain your sense of a powerful mm. mindset and positivity? Ah, well, I think a lot of it, Angie, is just showing up in whatever it is. And, and going back to that word progress, that's a very powerful and profound thing. We have to be making progress in something. And so if I am debilitated as far as my physical movements, I have found that meditation, going within, but really slowing down. There was so many years, Angie, where I pushed myself so hard. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that do that. When you talk about athletes, when you talk about world champions, they, they spend years and years pushing themselves to the extreme levels and not all of them you know, live in optimal health. And I think a lot of people think that consistency is pushing yourself optimally, you know, to these extreme uh, 
points. And it's not just about that. It really is about more of showing up for yourself with whatever's happening. Meditation was a big thing for me. I didn't know how to sit with myself, to be quiet with myself, to listen to my body. And funny thing, right? Living with an autoimmune disease, I just, I didn't want it to define me so much that I avoided it as much as possible. It's like I'd be in all this pain, but I'd keep saying, oh, nope, this isn't happening. <laughs> and I disregard it instead of actually paying attention to it and going within. And that was a really big, hard lesson for me. And I'm so glad that life really shook me up in so much of a emotional sense to where it brought me to have to do that. And so what well, I mean by that is I... I had to go within, I had to sit with myself, I had to actually listen to what was happening internally. Yeah. And you know, that's what John Kabat-Zinn, when he started mindfulness-based stress reduction, I took a whole eight week course and it was, he started out by treating those in chronic pain, like cancer patients and people who live with, again, chronic, consistent pain. Mm -hmm. And he taught them that you can't run away from it in mind, body, or spirit. You yeah. actually have to lean into it. And the analogy that I always use is in driver's ed. I grew up in Iowa. And so um, those of you who did not, you're probably jealous right now, but you know, some of us <laughs> did grow up there and we took driver's ed and we had to learn how to manage a skid in the snow and the ice and the rain and we learn that you drive into the skid, which every vessel of your body says pull away from it. But yeah. if you do, you're going to, you're going to, you know, tailspin. And mm -hmm. so it's that same thing where our mind says, I don't want to think about this. And if I don't think about it, it'll go away, but it's the boiling pot. It actually does the opposite. The more we tell ourselves not to think about it, the more we actually are thinking about it subconsciously, but also it's not going to mean that it's going to have less of an influence on our body. So I hear you say that one of the tools that you dealt with was you learned to start to meditate and come within and own the fact that, yes, I do have this condition. It doesn't make me less of a person or of a human. It doesn't make me weak, but it, it it's begging me to honor it as part of who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It And that was, that was really, really difficult. It's scary to concentrate on the pain points. Because you think that concentrating on it is going to make it hurt more, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, and, and I've really discovered and there's so much science behind it. And I'm always interested in how our bodies work. And I started to see patterns throughout my life of when I had flare ups. And really, it was all tied to stress and emotion. And so... The, you know, when, when a disease pops up, it is because you have lived so many years in this high stress and very emotional thing. So when we have a big shakeup in life, we have a loss, we have this major change, we have an identity crisis, whatever it is, because it will happen and it does. If we don't know how to learn how to navigate our emotions then it shows up in disease eventually because we're constantly stressing the body and it's not designed to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I'm, there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, I've had this my whole life. What could it be? I think about environmental factors. I think about diet, all of the stuff. Right. And so I've done so much research on all of these things, but 
a lot of it has come down to my some of my favorite research is Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And when you start talking about the heart and mind connection and how everything is energy, we are energetic beings. And so what does that mean? It means that when we start concentrating on those energetic centers and paying attention to them and giving them love and light and thoughts of healing, it has an effect. And it's very powerful. It's pretty miraculous. And so one of my biggest things that the biggest message that I want to push out on the show, I have a lot of different guests from a lot of different backgrounds with stories and different cultures. And so, but the biggest message is that we are more powerful than you could ever imagine. Well, and I, I couldn't agree more. And the word that comes to my mind, April, is self-compassion. But mm. before we go there, I want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to April Chavez, and she is the host of the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I was just on her podcast last Friday, and we're talking about consistency and how it helps us navigate change. And I think about that self-compassion because that has never been an easy space for me. I often think I went into a compassion driven field so that I could give other people what I'm not able to give to myself. It's almost like mm. a way of healing. But to your point is when you start to lean into, yes, I do have this condition. Yes, it does set me back sometimes and I can honor and have compassion for it and give it the space and energy that it deserves instead of saying, no, I'm just going to will you away or I'm going to shut you down because you're <laughs> inconvenient to me and I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And then the body is like, no, you're not because right. I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to keep knocking on your door until you pay attention to me. Yeah. And um, so in terms of self-compassion, um, how do you how do you do that for yourself? Are you good at self-compassion? <laughs> Well, just like anything, and I, and I want to make this very clear, life, there's no end point to success, to healing, to self-development. There is no end point. It is something, and again, you need to be consistent with. It is a daily practice of moving forward, of showing up for yourself in the best way that you need to show up for yourself in. And not judging yourself. So I think that when we talk about, you know, self-compassion, it's not judging yourself. It's not allowing societal standards to creep in. And that's so much easier said than done. And, and a lot of lessons that have to come your way to really get to the understanding of that. And I think a big part of it and really where it starts is learning how to love yourself and I mean, learn how to love yourself so fully where you can make love to yourself. And, and I don't say that lightly. And the reason I say that is because that's how deep your love should be for yourself. I mean, we are miraculous. The fact that we're here, we're here for our own purpose. I mean, if, when we wake up in the morning, and know that we have a purpose. There's a lot of joy in life and that really leads to longevity in general. And yeah, so that self-compassion piece is really learning to not take things personally. And again, easier said than done. Am I good at it? I'm continuously working on it. I, I don't know if I would say I'm great, 
I would say I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it is this consistent thing of me having to tell myself to redirect my thoughts in the right way, not take things personally, especially, you know, when you start, when you walk into the, uh, this field of showing up on camera, going live every single day, you're becoming an influencer. There are always people who are going to cut you down and it, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's always going to be people that cut you down and try to bring you down. So you have to move past that and be able to keep going. That's the only way to be able to step forward. Again, going back to Sylvester Stallone, it's not about how hard the hit is. It's about how many hits can you take and keep moving forward right. because there's always going to be hits. Well, and, and to your, you know, to your point about self-compassion and like being live and putting yourself out there, anytime you put yourself out there, um, people are going to have something to say about it. And so yeah. I just taught a fitness class this morning and I said, you know, uh, the world is already, um, full of judgment and, and what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. So how about if in the space where you live in your mind, in your body, you pull away from judgment toward yourself and you pull toward what is it that I love about myself? What is it that feels good? And another thing that I do when I teach about self-love is, you know, that song, there must be 50 ways to leave your lover. I always say there must be 50 ways to love yourself. And so yeah. what are 50 ways you love yourself? So yeah. Um, April, I love that you came on and that you shared your story and that we were able to talk about being consistent and navigating change. And, you know, to sum it up, what I really heard is mindfulness and meditation. I also heard a lot about self-love. I also mm -hmm. heard a lot about using our body and making choices to use it in ways that maybe we don't want to use it, but it's better than not using it at all. Mm -hmm. So staying very purpose-driven. So if people want to learn more about you um, or they want to watch your show, can you give us a guide on where they go to listen and to watch your show? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the Wellness Driven Life Show. So our handle is at the Wellness Driven Life Show. Our website is the same. And we stream across YouTube. We stream across Facebook and also LinkedIn. And then we push the show out to the podcast world and arena. And so you can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much all the major players. So the wellness driven life show is where you find us. All right. Well, and I personally love your show and I've loved getting to know you and I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate all of our strong mind, strong body listeners. So again, I'm Angie Miller. My guest was April Chavez. And to me, it's all about, if you really want to navigate change, it's about being as consistent as you can in your effort to stay purpose-driven. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.